Hey, good morning and welcome to the program. Saturday mornings, 10 a.m., MedPoint Health Half Hour. Ron Young here. Joined across from me, Kate Lane and Hannah McCutcheon. Good How are you girls here. doing? Good to be here. Good. Guys, summer is in full swing. It's been so amazing. All the weather, everything's been going great. I've had some vacation. What have you guys been up to? I'm going to a cottage. It's coming up soon. Nice. Excited. Bring the dog. Lots of swimming, canoeing. Has the dog ever experienced cottage life? Not yet. Ooh, Not yet. Good. And Kate, you were cottaging too, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I actually just went to my cottage a couple weekends ago just for a long weekend, and I'm about to go back up this weekend for a week. So nice. bringing my dog as well and uh, just going to relax and do some fishing. and Beautiful. Yeah. Well, even though we are very active outside in the summer, I can s- proudly say that the gyms haven't been any more full because people care about their health, right? I mean, just seeing people come and go and, and I, I've seen clients training for, for races. They've been training for 5K, 10K. One guy did the Spartan race and is actually like collecting the pieces of the metal for the Spartan races. So that was kind of cool. When you see people getting fitness, it's awesome and really clicking with it, right? Kate, I know you've had a lot of clients here, Hannah, a lot of clients as well. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that people come in, they're healthy, they're doing well, and that they're exercising properly most of all. Hannah, there's one program in question here that a lot of people have been talking my ear off about, and it's this cardiac rehab program because they closed the one down at London Health Science Center. And there's a lot of people looking for a program similar. So, you are the one who developed it. You're the one who's going to execute it, and we're very proud to say that. Uh, maybe give the listeners a bit of insight as to what the program entails and how they can get involved with it. Absolutely, Ron. So our program is going to start off with a referral from your doctor. We will contact you to make an appointment with our cardiologist. You will get the full service just like you would at any point in time with a cardiologist, if you needed to do extra testing, you needed to be referred out or even referred within our services to get more testing done, such as audiology for balance or hearing purposes. Uh, you could also see our sleep disorder specialist, etc. cetera. Uh, from there, we would take that information we learned from the cardiologist, all your testing, and make an exercise program for you at home. Uh, You'll get one exercise program each month, an at-home individualized program, which is great. Good. You will get one exercise class per week uh, free with your purchase of your membership for the cardiac rehab program. Uh, You'll get monitoring at class as well as have quick access to all of our doctors and the cardiologists if there's any problems that come up. Uh, we'll be doing lots of fitness testing and creating goals for you and Good. and getting you back in shape and either whether it be for prevention purposes or for purposes after a cardiac surgery. Okay. So there's we have a very diverse program and multidisciplinary, I would say. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Sounds sounds really good. I don't even have any heart problems. I want to sign up for it, Kate. What do you think? Yeah, I would totally do this. I think it's really good to, especially if you're even new to exercise, just to ease into it and get something, you know, started and Mm -hmm. really pay attention to your heart and your heart health. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's something that a lot of people, they'll wait on, right? It's always that thing where, well, I don't have a heart issue because I haven't had a heart attack or a stroke or I feel pretty good when I'm doing mild, moderate exercise, uh, so I don't think I need it. So it's kind of like, I, th- I feel like people wait until it's, it's uh, a bigger issue. And unfortunately for some, it might be too late before the issue comes on, right? Because not everybody survives heart attacks, right? Yeah. And one of the things that we'll be including as well is giving everybody that target heart rate zone that they should be exercising in. You know, a lot of cardiac patients are nervous about exercising because they don't know if they're going, their heart rate's going too quickly or too slow and they're not getting the benefit of the exercise. So we're going to be able to prescribe a safe exercise zone for each individual and they can exercise at that heart rate at home or in the gym with us. Yeah. Well, if you're listening right now and this is striking a chord with you, I want you to go to medpoint.ca. You can fill out a contact form and send it in. Hannah's been making a wait list for this. We're going to be launching it very shortly. And you know what? When that program closed down, there was a lot of people left without uh, a program here and, and a program that they desperately need in order to keep progressing towards better heart health. And now we're going to be launching this very shortly. And uh, get your name on the list. Uh, reach out uh, to us. You can email me, ron at medpoint.ca. I'd be happy to obviously channel you to Hannah because she's awesome. Um, team, we were talking about the heart rate. You want to know what takes your heart rate? Watches, right? These things are growing. Nowadays, there's probably more smart watches on people than ever before. Uh, my one buddy, I always think of him, he said, the only time I'm ever going to buy a smartwatch is when the charge lasts longer than two days because he doesn't want to be taking it off day in, day out. Uh, I have one. It's a Gear S2. It's pretty awesome. Uh, shout out to Samsung. <laughs> I take it off pretty well every night and recharge it, just like my phone, you know. So, Kate, you were looking at some of these Apple products, though. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a couple of my clients with uh, the Apple ones and uh I mean, they're not necessarily cheap, but they're very cool. There's some really cool things that they do. They, they're they tracking heart rate. They're telling you, giving you uh, prompts to stand up when you're working during the day. Like they're telling you to get up and move. Um, you know, you can set them at different like settings for different types of workouts. Like my one client was saying, well, we're doing a HIIT workout today, so I'm going to set it to the HIIT workout and it tracks your heart rate differently on that setting. It's It's pretty cool. Cool. Um, but not only that, like sleeping too, it'll track kind of your heart rate during your sleep. So you can kind of get an idea of what your body is doing throughout the night. Like it really Mm. is telling you every single detail about your body. I mean, the accuracy of it, it might not be perfect, but I mean, it gives you a little bit of an idea of your day to day, um, averages. So I think that's really cool to be so in tuned with your body that way. It is cool. See, I got mine off of uh, Amazon for $200. And, you know, I've had a Fitbit in the past, loved it. I thought it was good for motivating and good for competing and stuff like that. But Kate, you're right. Like when you have the opportunity to get something that tells you more about yourself than maybe you even care to know, uh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I have worn my watch to sleep and it tells me how much of it was deep sleep, how much of it was kind of restless sleep, you know, and it knows. It's uh, it's weird. It's like somebody's watching you, watching you while you sleep. How weird. <laughs> I actually have an Apple Watch. You have one. I do. And uh, it was telling me yesterday 
how many uh, hours of exercise time I had last month, and then it created a goal for this month. Cool. So I actually started that goal already. I kind of did the – it taught me how to do the math at each day, how many minutes of aerobic activity I needed to get to that goal, and I've been keeping up with it. So. See, that's neat. I yeah, really that's like really that. that's really cool. Yeah. There's other things that you can do, and obviously some of these features I haven't really gone into depth into, but I can write down how much uh, coffee I've had and water intake. Uh, I get the weather. I get my beats per minute. I can control my music on my phone, and I have a calendar of my events. I can even send a text message if I prefer from my watch, and uh, I don't do that very often, but it's cool to have those options, you know? And uh, it's something that definitely has has evolved over the last few years. And if you look at some of the first watches and how big of a flop they were, it's amazing to see how far they've come. Now, Hannah, I'm not sure what generation of Apple Watch that is, but you've seen probably that the screens have been lifting up on some of the older models. So I just caution you on that. Yes, mine is the original, but I have taken good care of it. And I haven't had any issues yet, but cool. I wish I had the waterproof one so I could go swimming with ah, it too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Mine is waterproof. I like it. so, And it does bark at me if... Uh, if, sat down if I've sat long. down for too long, it makes me do torso twists and it makes me get up and stuff like that. So if you're in the market for something like this, you know, obviously do your research. There's going to be pros and cons for every single watch that there is out there. I mean, obviously sticking with probably a leading brand is, is going to be beneficial. I've seen people spend money on, yes, they are a more affordable model, but then you get what you pay for and obviously maybe it craps out after uh, after a few months or a year. So get something that's durable, get something that is specific to your goals. If you are a runner, perhaps a Garmin watch. I know Pete has one of those and he loves the thing, you know? So it's it's really do your research, check things out. They all have great uh, pros and, and probably terrible cons, but <laughs> you know what? Do your, do your research and, and be an informed shopper when it comes to wearable tech because this summer can really put you over the edge, right? I mean, when you are more aware of your sleeping habits, your uh, you know eating habits, your uh, heart rate, how much you've walked, the distance you've walked, it, it all goes hand in hand to give you more of a full picture of your health uh, at this moment. So encourage everybody to check them out. If you don't have one, you can still go running. You know, you can still do the old-fashioned uh GPS and stuff Make like that. Make your own diary at home and yeah. your journal. Yeah. So if wearable yeah. tech's not for you, don't don't uh, don't go down that road then, because you know I think my grandpa's still trying to figure out that iPad that we gave him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got to take a quick commercial break, but uh, thanks for tuning in, and I want you to join us back after the break because we're going to be talking about number four, Bobby Orr. And what he said about kids playing too much hockey. Did that really come from a former NHLer? Stay tuned. We'll find out after this break. Hey, I want to welcome everybody back to the program. Of course, every Saturday morning, 10 a.m., we get started. It's a little past 10 a.m. now, but it's the MedPoint Health Half Hour on 980 CFPL. Joining you here in studio, Ron Young, Kate Lane, Hannah McCutcheon. Love that, Hannah McCutcheon. Because <laughs> I think of the... Baseball player, right? Yeah. With Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, there was an NHLer too at one point. Okay. McCutcheon, okay. Yeah. No, no lanes, so. No. 
I don't know many other people with this last name other than my family. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, today is Saturday, August the 4th. A lot of great people were born today. Okay, the queen, right? Many, many years ago. She's still still around, I think so, right? Queen mm-hmm. the yeah. second? <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> one of the queen one of the queens was born on my birthday, that's why I know that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, Barack Obama. Oh. I think there's another celebrity, but on that list is also Ronald Kenneth Chester Young. There you go. <laughs> Guys, you didn't you didn't wish me this morning. You must not have seen the Facebook uh, updates there, but it is my birthday indeed, and I'm happy to be here with you guys celebrating. My uh, Apple Watch isn't that smart. It didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> really? Not when the, in the celebrity <laughs> birthdays? I'm not there yet, right? <laughs> Jeez. No, it's, uh, it's uh, a it, good time to be alive, you know? always say that it's always you know every day on this side of the earth is uh is a bonus so you just never know when your time's up right yeah you gotta live life to your fullest and your birthday is sometimes that day that reminds you every year that's right you know yeah gotta live it to the fullest well and you know what just to kind of segue into this when i was a kid i used to love playing sports and i still do love playing sports but now being a father of three, I almost take more joy in seeing my kids play sports. And, you know, uh, from that, guys, what I wanted to go with is Bobby Orr is saying kids play far too much sport, especially hockey players who are going through an eight-month schedule, uh, who are doing off-season training. We have one in our gym right now. Uh, who's a junior night, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch him work. When you see kids work hard and go after it, that's really uh, awesome. But Bobby Orr was saying that they play far too much, far too much throughout the year. And I have a quote from him. Okay, this is Mr. Hockey Bobby Orr, number four. Kids play far too much. I mean, kids are playing 12 months a year, little ones. They don't need it. Play other sports. Have other coaches. Hang around other kids, other parents. I think that's all healthy. Parents think their kids have to play for people to see them. Look, if your kid can play, they will find you. Guys, what do you what do you take from this? Like, I know that we preach exercise in the gym. We always talk about it. We live it in our daily lives. What what coming from such an influential hockey guy do we do we get from this uh from this article and is he on the right track well i think so for sure because i think kids are just absorbing so much information and their their bodies are so quick to adapt and learn different movement patterns i think you know as as a kid being able to do different types of sports will just lend to say the folk the sport that you really want to focus on and do really well on if you're doing other sports as well it'll just lend to getting better at that one sport um and it also gives kids opportunities to play and have fun and try something new and maybe discover something that they're even better at um but i definitely 100% agree that it's good to give kids a chance to do different things and have fun with other kids and well, if you think about how all the skills transfer from sport to sport, I mean, in baseball, yeah, you're you're batting, you know, the hand-eye coordination, uh, being able to smack a baseball that's traveling rather quickly. Like if you 
translate that to hockey and trying to tip a shot at the net or something like that, you know, I think it's really good to like get a different feel, get a different like uh, try try other things. Yeah, because you know we put my kids into hockey, they loved it. We put them into t ball, they loved that. They love basketball, even though they're still very short. Um, but you know, giving kids a wide variety of hey look if this interests you like we can pursue it and you know I ended up my sports curling the great Canadian sport of curling and uh, you know I don't hear many kids playing that sport and I love it I can't get enough of it but you know when Hannah when kids are in this you know 12 years old 13 years old and you're on the cusp of maybe cracking a draft and getting uh, into juniors and stuff like that how can you say that's too much? How can you say enough is enough, right? Well, there's lots of research out there. Even for Olympic athletes, you need to have periodization of your training, right? Mm. You need to have that off-season. Even the NHLers right now, they have that golf off-season, right. most of them, right? You need to have that time off. So why are we pushing our kids to have 12 months of hockey when even the elite athletes don't? They yeah. need to... They need that time off so that they don't get overtraining. Overtraining is a huge issue with some athletes, and it can lead to depression later too. Yeah. Well, and I guess you got to really play off of your your kids' cues, you know. Make sure they have the support. Make sure if that's something that they want to be doing, that it's not. it just hasn't become a job for them, you know. We're not discouraging off-season training by any means, but we're just saying maybe – uh, your kid might like to, instead of playing hockey this summer, ball hockey this summer, maybe he would like to go in a golf league. Very similar movements, right? Very uh, similar uh, stuff there. Um, you know, maybe throw them in baseball or volleyball. They can work on their lateral movement. They're, uh, <laughs> dare I say, diving in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, stuff like that where it's other people, it's 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 becoming more social, um, because what happens when they get to the junior level and then they get drafted? I mean, you're going to be split up from your teammates anyway. Uh, there's just a lot to this. And, and I do agree with uh, Bobby Orr in this, in this regard because I think that there is a lot. You know, you look at Stanley Cup teams who make it to the final. They play darn near till the end of June, you know, and they're giving out the Stanley Cup. And here everybody's sitting on the beach. I don't know if they care anymore. But then it's July, August, and training camp starts up again in September. So these athletes, yes, I know they get paid millions upon millions of dollars and they wear down their bodies, so they probably deserve it. Um, You know, they're only getting two months off. So, Kate, you're a ski coach. Yes. Let's talk about your experience on that for a minute because what, what, what would happen if you did skiing all through the year like do your knees feel it like after a long time yeah absolutely um you know i i grew up as summer was soccer winter was ski racing your knees your knees hated you (laughs) (laughs) i was very lucky to have strong knees and when you're young you know you can get away with a lot more i do feel them a little bit more when i ski now but they're pretty strong still thankfully <laughs> um, but definitely I find when I was ski coaching um, during the winters a lot of these kids because it is a little bit more seasonal you don't have a choice unless you're traveling to Chile or Switzerland during the summer months that's the the only option for off-season training that's mm-hmm. actually on the hill so you know I think that it is important to have that time off to do something different. 
But it is good to do some off-season just training of like strengthening the legs or, you know, doing something that might be a bit different like strength training or doing some sprints. So that might be a fun change that also applies to skiing down the road. Did, um, did kids come up to you and say, Miss Lane, in the off-season, what can I be doing to improve my skiing? Or was it kind of just like, okay, it's summer, you're free. What was that like? Well, I was coaching kids that were 11 and 12. So a lot of the kids are, you know, when it comes to the end of the season, they're just ready to move on to something else and do something else for a little while. They're not really thinking – they're not old enough to be thinking about, I want to kill it next ski season unless they're the odd – there is the odd kid that's very, very dedicated. But, yeah, yeah, most of them are just ready to go on to, you know, soccer or whatever ever – Sports they are doing so. Hannah, what was your sport growing up? Did you have uh, all of them? Hollywood dreams, <laughs> all of them. That all was of my them. Um, what What did you focus on though? What was your like? What was your main one? Um, again, I I I played like eight different sports. Okay. Uh, I particularly liked soccer, um, but I think that really helped me develop a well roundedness. Right. And I've seen some research out there that says. When you have that well-roundedness in different sports, you're more likely to continue being fit and exercising throughout your lifespan. Right. So, well, it, even it can though be I discouraging, right? Because absolutely. you're so good at one sport, you do it all the time, and then all of a sudden, the, you know, the next generation's coming up, and and your skill seems to have diminished. So it can be deflating. Mm-hmm. Right. My mom, I always wanted to play one specific competitive sport, and it was soccer. And my mom said, okay, but then you have to give up all the other ones. And I wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. So it, it, again, goes back to the choice of the child, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. And, and so, you know, is it wrong to push your child into off-season training? No. I mean, we don't have an answer for you. It's whatever works best for, for you, your schedule, your child. Uh, just make sure your kids don't lose the passion that, that uh, you know, spurred them on to begin with and make sure that it really keeps things fresh and interesting for them, I think. Um, you know, if your kid wants off-season training, absolutely go for it. Maybe you don't need to go as hard. Maybe you just do kind of once a week or something because goodness knows they're playing like four times a week when they're in the season, right? Traveling on a bus, stuff like that. So. Just got to really make sure that, uh, you know, most of all, these kids are athletes. They're staying healthy, right? So, I mean, that's a really cool thing in the generation that we're growing up in where screen time is taking over. You know what I mean? Uh, I only let my kids play on the tablet Saturday mornings this morning. It's the only time they can touch it. So, you know, set boundaries. Get your kids involved in sports. Get them active. Get them out there. Childhood diabetes. Heart disease, stuff like that's on the rise, right? We need to make sure that we nip this at the bud and uh, really promote active lifestyles for our young people. So we're at the end of the program. Kate, Hannah, did you guys want to sing happy birthday to me? or I was thinking about that, but I didn't want to hurt anybody's ears, to <laughs> oh, be honest. Oh, darn it. <laughs> well, if you want to wish me a happy birthday, you can always send me an email, ron at medpoint.ca. You can go on my Instagram, Ron Young Show. Uh, it'd be cool to hear. I'm not expecting anybody to do that, though, because we never really hear any emails. But uh, I guess that just means everyone's content and enjoying the show. So 
Thanks for tuning in. It's a pleasure to have you along. Hey, if you want to email Kate or Hannah, Kate at medpoint.ca. Hannah, yours is a little bit different. H. McCutcheon at, at medpoint.ca. If you like what we said today or if you want to just say hi, absolutely encourage that. You can always uh, check us out at medpoint.ca. Fill out an online form. Come in for a tour. Heck, maybe one of us can take you around for the tour. We'd love to. Anyway, have a wonderful weekend. Long weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. Be active. Cheers.